0: Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the Mystical Underground.
1: Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor. And Trish McGregor. And our tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com, where we make regular posts. And where you can find out about our books, our most recent non-fiction book is Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities. Trisha's latest novel is Skin Shifters. Rob's latest novel is Tool Puds.
2: Okay, today our guest is Lori McDonald. She's a board-certified clinical hypnotherapist at True You Hypnotherapy and an alien abduction researcher. She's one of 27 regression therapists listed on the MUFON mental health referral list for abduction regression for abduction regression for North America. She's also the board president for OPUS, which is the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support, and is the founder of the Sacramento Alien Abduction and Contactee Support Group, one of California's largest UFO and abduction groups. Lori has been the facilitator of several experiencer events and host at contact in the, de- in the desert. She's also a lifelong experiencer herself. She was awarded the Global Health and Pharma G- GHP Alternative Medicine Holistic Health Awards in 2018. She's appeared on a number of radio and TV shows, including the Discovery Channel and the Travel Channel, and is in the final stages of completing her book, Five Steps to Personal Empowerment and Inner Peace. Lori speaks internationally on using the extraterrestrial experience as a catalyst to an expanded consciousness through contact. I first heard her on a podcast talking about the Mandela Effect, so we invited her to be a guest on the mystical underground. Welcome Lori. Welcome Lori. Thank you
3: so much for having me.
2: Okay the Mandela. Now one night my daughter and I spent hours on the phone talking about this (laughs) so explain (laughs) it to
3: us. (laughs) Well you know there are different perspectives but originally it started out as a paranormal investigator at a conference who said that uh Mandela, Nelson Mandela,
4: mm-hmm.
3: had, um, died in prison. And half of the audience, practically half of the audience, had then stated that, uh, no, uh, they remember him being released. There was a celebration in the streets and he had <coughs> a different time. And so hence the Mandela effect started. Some people will tell you it's simply misremembering that we misremembered that the Adams Family TV show had two D's in the word Adam and not just one. Um, so there are things like that. So a lot of people think it's misremembering. I don't think that you can misremember something you never knew. <laughs> so if Good I point. never knew the Adams Family had two D's, I don't know how I could misremember that. It's
1: Aristine so, not- uh, Ber- Bears is another one, right? Yeah, in the spelling.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, um, I read those books uh, to my children. And just for a little side note here, I taught myself how to read when I was about three and a half uh, with a Reader's Digest uh, that I had found in my dad's bathroom. And I have been reading since. My son, when he graduated high school, he graduated with a post-college English. That's because he Homeschooled in reading and comprehension, so I like to think that I can read well and that I <laughs> retain the information and that my spelling skills are equal to my reading skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's skills yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got the reading skills, okay, but but so the myth, so the Mandela effect has created a lot of controversy, and I really did do a lot of. Uh, dark web research into the back door of patent offices mm-hmm. to verify original uh, patents so I could pull up all of legal work and read it line by line, uh, everything from ingredients to you name it, just hundreds hundreds of pages of documents. And then I might find, like in Febreze, the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, again it's a, a double E issue and, and then it was being dropped to read for breath uh-huh. so mm-hmm. you know I did find it spelled two different ways in particular in the- documents I did you know uh-huh. there's also a website called um, logopedia.com and logopedia researches a uh, branding changes and name changes and so this is a good resource for people looking into the mandela effect to see if at any point there was a change or if it was registered in another country with a slightly different spelling for instance in america you have burger king home of the whopper well in the province of alberta canada for years they had their own burger king and it's a double king mushroom cheeseburger and (laughs) because i worked there when i was a teenager and but so burger king could never register that name in in alberta unless they uh had changed their spelling or Mm. made it which their their brand, their trademark, or how they were registered, which of course they didn't do, so they never got one of those. So those are the things in the Mandela Effect that we just have to be aware of and look into before we say, oh, at least to be that way. So that means it's a Mandela Effect. It doesn't necessarily mean that way. However, there are cases where it's simply mind-blowing and my belief, those are other people's beliefs on the Mandela effect. My belief is that uh, in the third dimensional reality, our Earth, prime Earth, there are a series of parallel universes, a series of garden like Earth planets, all abiding to the physics of this world. And as these worlds bump or slightly touch or kiss, there is a gentle bleed-through. Mm. When you see this bleed-through, it creates change. Now, I know that in the King James Bible, they had said there will be a time when people will recognize and see words on pages change before their eyes. Jeez. Mm. And speaking of the Bible, that was a huge Mandela effect. In the Lord's Prayer, and I huh. think that it was a very significant effect uh, because of the conjunction um, in the verbiage that they were they used. It was um, the Our Father who art in heaven. The Lord. Right. It says, uh, uh, "On earth as it is in heaven" is one of the mm-hmm. lines, uh, but the new one read in earth, mm. as it is in heaven in earth. As opposed to on Earth is completely uh-huh. different. In what? In a simulation? In a paradigm? In uh-huh. what? We're not in the Earth. We're of the Earth. We're on the Earth, but we are not in the Earth. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. As far as we know, it could be a simulation. We're not quite sure yet. But uh, for that one, you know, when we look at how things change, the verbiage and the implication, then we do see that things definitely are shifting. Does this just mean that our consciousness is expanding? That's definitely a possibility. And one of the things in challenging your reality, challenging what you've ever been taught or led to believe, when you challenge this, you do broaden your ability, or maybe it's more like the consciousness of your Uh awareness is knocking on the door of your uh, multi-universal self and there is a a larger self I mean the human is an important word Uh, the word hue is a word that we use to measure light or the word that we use to measure the intensity of color so we measure these in hues man comes from the word manifestation to come into the physical or to be embodied a human is a light embodied being race and gender would be subcategories of the definition of the type of entity that we are so mm. as a human a light embodied being this implies a multi-dimensional self light being an energy and energy, of course, simply transforms from one state to another. And so as the human, the light and body being becomes more aware or more capable of understanding um, the multidimensional self and then seeing the parallel universes, we might begin to see that there is something more going on here than we've been led to believe.
1: Yeah, uh, Laurie. What about the? Do you see any relationship between the Mandela f- effect and uh, alien abductions? Yeah, we know you are doing a lot of uh, hypnotherapy, uh, past life or not past life, but uh, regressions regressions t- uh, with uh, your clients. And uh, have you seen any connection to the Mandela effect? You
3: know, not. Precisely a direct connection. What I do see that piques my interest is just the possibility that the extraterrestrial abduction is has to include um, interdimensional Is uh-huh. because the Mandela effect uh, is really a dimension unto itself. I mean, it has belief, which people really do that they are correct in their assumption or discernment of a particular event, and they know. So what the the Mandela effects that interest me the most, really, are the personal ones. You know, I love the Star Wars and the, you know, Jiffy Peanut Butter and all of those Those are incredibly incredibly interesting, (laughs) I mean, because it's hard to think that, you know, all of those children ran around uh, with their hands over their mouth saying, Luke, I am your father. And that wasn't. <laughs> it. I mean, imagine all those kids getting it wrong. <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, some of the experiences that people have when they are being regressed do look more like parallel universe experiences Mm -hmm. as opposed to a straight-up abduction.
1: The way I was looking at it or wondering about is, are some people seeing these as alien abductions and others seeing these as more interdimensional or possible uh, demonic effects uh, rather than... Well, smart
3: demons, you know, demons to just to, you know, desensitize people around the word Mm -hmm. is again a race of being. If one accepts the fact that there are angels and they too are a race Mm -hmm. of being, you must be open to accepting that demons exist, but they exist in a different frequency, a different dimension. That they're highly intelligent, but they have a zero on the uh, emotional intelligence quota. And and so dealing with a demon, and I have come across a few, they're basically highly intelligent uh, children who are having Mm -hmm. temper tantrums and acting out. And so if you deal with them from a place of empowerment, then they're shenanigans. (laughs) Come to an end uh, rather quickly. So some are demons, at, or the jinn, which is also a separate race of beings, and some are interdimensional. Listen, if you've ever run into yourself, uh, and you're not <laughs> a djinn, then then you're going to have to go. Well, where did this other, you know, uh, Trish come from? Where did this uh-huh. other woman come from? And people have run into themselves Mm
2: -hmm. and during an
3: abduction you mean or just well both actually Uh They see themselves and uh, then they're then it opens all these doors and was it a clone is it you know what's going on here so yeah being on a craft and seeing you know people in a like a white room i've always assumed that that was some form of decontamination room Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And that, uh, and then seeing somebody who looks exactly like, well, seeing yourself. I mean, so that can be explained a couple of ways. But nonetheless, um, it's shocking. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that would be shocking. Yeah, so you've got a double whammy there. You know, you've got the extraterrestrial abduction, and then you've got yourself. And then, then you have to really begin to question uh, our reality.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, well in- okay you're you're a lifelong experiencer tell what was your first encounter like hmm. how old were
3: you i had not yet been born apparently um oh wow <laughs> so what happened is my mother who i didn't know ever um not until i was 50 my mother uh, called me up um about six years ago and said, uh, I just saw a TV show where that showed that you um, run a support group for people who are experiencers. And I'm, I said, yes. And she said, well, this is your mother. Mm. And, and she said, and I need to tell you the story of your birth. And so I politely asked her to hold. And I went and got my husband and a tape recorder. And, um, I put her on speaker phone and she said that throughout her pregnancy, uh, she began to have these experiences where first off she would see like little, um, (coughs) like small beings sort of peeking around the corner at her. Um, and then she would find two sort of small entities on either side of her and she would go along with them, um they would do different experiments on her and she would sometimes be very afraid. So she began to tell her doctor and her doctor was like, Whoa, um, hmm. that, that's must be hormonal. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so she was like, yeah, no, that's not hormonal. And she began to insist that these beings were taking her onto a craft and they sent her to a psychiatrist. Who told her just to shut it down because you're going to risk losing your other kids. Mm. But then one morning, very, very early, she was hot. And she went outside into the backyard and sat down on a lawn chair. And she said, and just really rapidly, two small beings appeared on either side of her. They sort of led her through the apple orchard. And then in the middle of the orchard, that's where the tractors turn during harvest time. So there's a big flat center where no trees are. She said hovering above that was a UFO. And as she saw it, next thing you knew she was on it. She remembered that her feet were cold. And as she looked down and saw that the floor was like something that was like a steel to her. They had her laid down, this is what she said. She said, they had me lay down on a table. And I said, a table? And she said, yeah, you know, it looked like an ironing board. (laughs) <laughs> God. and yeah and the shape of it being more narrow towards the head and uh i thought wow i, I don't iron but that's <laughs> okay. that's good information there looked like an ironing board she said um and how many were, months pregnant was she when this happened at, at this point she was fully nine months pregnant uh-huh. this was her last experience on the craft and uh, she was scared and she felt like they were really hurting her. And they told her, they, again, which they had told her many times, that they weren't interested in her. They were only interested in her baby, that she was safe, that she wasn't going to be hurt. Not words that calm down a pregnant woman, okay? <laughs> but she, they had this way, she said, of sort of standing behind her head and making her feel calm again and relaxed. Mm-hmm. And then after a plethora of examinations, she even said she heard, like, this is how she described it. She said, you know, one of those crackers you pull at a celebration, like at Christmas, goes pop and a little confetti comes out. She said, I heard a sound like that crack right in my head. Hmm. <laughs> and so I I, um, I I understand. I've heard other people tell me that. So I let her continue And then she said, basically, the next thing she remembers is bleeding uh, from the nose and vaginally Uh and being on the lawn in full labor, crying out for help. And no one her home could hear her. The neighbor who was on his way to work did hear her. And he came over, began to help her, ran in the house and had a difficult time waking up her husband, my father. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, they took me her to the hospital where I was then born actually at nine o'clock in the ninth month on the 19th day in nineteen fifty-three. I was God. just like, such a weird, you know, birth number, all of them, you know, anyway. Uh, so that was that. She said, I had a very difficult time breastfeeding me. I couldn't drink milk, couldn't drink cow's milk. She kind of laughed and said I was probably the first baby in Canada as where I'm from. That was on, uh, a soy milk because they had tried everything <laughs> and I I couldn't eat and hmm. I, she couldn't bond with me she said I scared her now mind you my mother and my father have um black hair and brown eyes and they're very short
4: mm-hmm.
3: and I am basically the complete opposite of very short and um I'm not short I'm not dark in any way not that that's as relevant but the fact that I didn't, you know, resonate with her, she put me up for adoption and left me. Oh, in. Wow. And why, uh, why, did, why, why did she do that? Because she was afraid of me. Wow. Said, and it reminds <laughs> her constantly of uh, the abductions that she wasn't allowed to talk about, but she did write them down. Hmm. And she kept her journals, which is why she had reached out to me because this is what she said at the end of the conversation. If back, in 1963, there was a support group, researchers willing to help people. Mm-hmm. Both of our lives might have been different. Wow.
2: Meaning, what about your... What she about
3: might have kept your, me. Oh, go ahead. And, and what? She might what? She might have kept me. Mm-hmm. If she had the support yeah. and understanding that she needed. And that was after the Betty Hill,
2: Betty and Barney Hill abduction, but nobody really knew about it then. So right. That did I didn't,
3: come out till later yeah huh so So, turns out there was a mass uh sightings and abductions in the tri-state area detroit michigan ohio windsor ontario canada and uh, as far as the upper state michigan in that area i did a little research into it later on to find out if other people were having experiences at that time and i've told the story before and i get emails all the time saying well, that explains a lot <laughs> 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 regarding what had happened in their own family at that time, same, same um, geographical location and time frame. Well, who, who adopted you? Well, I no one. <laughs> I was uh, bounced around uh, for, in, with relatives for a long time. Uh, I stayed with my grandmother for a while, and. Um, was legally, you know, put up for do- adoption. Mm-hmm. I really, I was a ward of the court, but I was never adopted. I was in a number of different uh, foster families.
1: Oh. So your mother came back to you when you were 50 years old. That's when you really got in contact with her. Since, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so interesting.
3: Yeah, she tells me this story. Up. And meanwhile, um, I was working with a man by the name of Jim O'Connell. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was going to do a TV show called Experiencers, and I was going to participate in it and then an investigation team and so forth. And
4: mm-hmm. and
3: I said, well, hey, I have an idea. Why don't you have my mom on the show? And so <laughs> I put the two of them up, and they talked all summer long. Okay, he Jim actually knew my mom more better than me. <laughs> um, they talked all summer long, exchanging stories, and began to really like each other and uh, everything was a go-ahead, and then basically, out of nowhere, on, the online newspaper I was reading said, um, UFO researcher uh, Jim O'Connell mysteriously died in his sleep. Mm. Oh, wow. He was cremated the next day. Hmm. Um, my mom then suffered a brain aneurysm, uh, followed by a stroke, ah.
4: which
3: didn't allow her to speak. She couldn't talk anymore. She was just about to talk about her story. He dies. She has a brain aneurysm. I fly to Canada and um, flew into Detroit, took a car over to Windsor. They're only you know, a mile away from each other. And uh, my mom began to become better, even though her odds were very low. And she's been in speech therapy pretty much ever since. And she can Uh. communicate okay. And then a few years back, um, I did do a conference in Detroit. And um, she did attend. And she was able to share a little bit, which Hmm. I think allowed her a freedom that uh, she may never have experienced before. Very specific freedom of being able to tell your truth without fear of ridicule. Being able to stand up and say, look, this is what happened to me. I don't know all of the answers, but this is something we need to seriously look into because what are the implications and why were they so interested in her baby? And who knew that I would grow up to uh, do the work that I do? I've been at this for well over 25 years, Uh but that was her experience. But my first experience that I remember as something being actually ET outside of something that I would have considered to be more in retrospect, psychic mm-hmm. um, because I've always sort of seen as sort of these violet like entities that are very loving and kind. And, you know, I don't know, it was just always something that was with me from the time I was born. But uh, when I was about six, um, I woke up in the middle of the night, I stood on my bed And I was looking out the window because I saw two gray aliens leading my brother down the the driveway. And I was about to knock on the window because, you know, as a Canadian kid, we are ingrained with, you know, the proper attire to wear so we don't freeze to death. And oh my Mm. God, it's constant. And Anyway, um, I was about to knock on the window and I, I was stopped by this, you know, these energetic beings and they were like, No, right. They said, take one step back. That's exactly what I heard in my head. I took one step back and they told me to lay down. I laid down and I went back to sleep and I, they didn't want me uh, involved in that, but I saw them lead my brother down the driveway. And uh, that's all I saw. Does Uh, he
2: remember anything?
3: Um, I don't talk to him about that. So I'm not sure, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think he's very interested in it. And, and if I were to wager, I would say, yeah, mm-hmm. of course, though, um, they did and do have a way of, like I said, suppressing a memory or confusing it to with a, the uh, brain waves of dreaming. Mm-hmm. And so they don't, uh, people don't remember, but things in the memory in the deep subconscious have a way of being heard, and they will leak through into your conscious awareness, and you will begin to remember when the time is right, when the energy is settled, but the subconscious has a way of making itself heard, and because these memories are, are, through I dreams, you mean, or, sometimes through dreams, but sometimes uh-huh. through triggers, you know, uh, catching a glimpse of, uh, uh-huh an alien show or something like that, and then all of a sudden your memory is opened and you just right. recall.
1: Laurie, in your practice, how do you avoid uh, leading people into uh, their explanations that uh, that they were abducted? I mean, that's one of the controversies about, uh, regressions that... Uh, with abductees? With, uh-huh. with abductees that...
3: Well, it would have uh, to apply with any form of regression, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, not just for um, abduction. But uh, there's no reason to lead them. And what a lot of people don't know, I guess, is that uh, prior to a abduction regression therapy session... Uh, there's a very intensive uh, intake interview, and so some of the information that they do recall uh, is already brought to my attention. And so uh-huh. I, yeah. and secondly, I always ask my experiencers write down very specific questions around your partial memories so that mm-hmm. I can ask it directly on February mm-hmm. 12th. Do you recall? So, so. Right. Um, that's not reading. Um, that is exploring, and this is what they want. It's not like if a, a therapist were to say, Oh, what are you seeing? It must be a gray alien. Then, and they've right. never yeah, ever right. met. So. That, <laughs> then that's leading. But mm-hmm. otherwise, the goal and the agenda of a session is to help somebody, it's hypnotherapy. Uh-huh. And the therapy part, of course, as you mentioned in the intro, is that I do hope to empower them as they challenge their reality, as their consciousness expands, as they begin to see the multidimensional aspects of the human and maybe where they fit outside of just this world. I mean, silly to think that it's not all connected somehow, even our Earth being reliant on the sun and moon and multiple other spheres that keep us from solar radiation or being blown off the planet, all kinds of things have to be in order. And the human is connected in this order. But as we begin to understand or even grow, one might even call it an ascension as we begin to move up, Mm -hmm. the idea is to not be drawn back into the third dimensional reality, no matter what, uh, parallel universe it's on they're all third dimensional realities the idea here is to move into more of a fourth dimensional consciousness thinking where we become aware of our thoughts aware of the manifesting abilities that a human has a place where we have or uh, are coming to where we've done our our work our emotional baggage i mean i look mm. around People are the walking wounded. Their scars from childhood or relationships are evident in all of the moves that they make. And maybe they don't see that. I see that. But as a Mm. person begins to use all of their experiences, they begin to actually grow. And even if you are an experiencer that's not just a label, all of these things, they're circumstances of our life they are not our life they're not a representation of who or what one is they are circumstances and our job is to to differentiate between fate which are circumstances
4: Mm -hmm.
3: and destiny and the destiny of all humans is to evolve into a higher understanding and in order to get higher you gotta go deep regression therapy allows a empowerment, it propagates a deep internal healing, which allows a person to no matter what type of paranormal, mega normal Mandela effect, which can really flip your mind out because it challenges your reality. Right. All of these things are opportunities uh, for us to learn and, and to see what our belief system holds. And then we'll begin to see as we do our work, we become more empowered. And the more empowered we become, the more peace we become because we allow now things to happen without control. Everybody's controlling everything. Control is actually a symptom of anxiety. Let me ask you a question about,
2: um, okay, you're basically saying that abductees are, are given a chance to evolve as a result of their experience, right? That's Right. Okay. Well, how do you explain uh, missing pregnancies? I mean, how how is an experience like that going to help somebody to grow? And
1: have you had many of those? Have you encountered? Yeah, have you have encountered. Oh
3: God, yeah, mm-hmm. literally hundreds. I've done thousands of cases over the years, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and I've done. I've worked with many women. Uh, who have had uh, missing pregnancies, many women, especially in the 80s, who have memories of being on craft, working in nurseries, uh-huh. hold hybrid children in their arms. Mm. And, and so uh, every experience allows an opportunity to have a higher understanding. And so, yeah, I, listen, I think that there are some things that are fundamentally wrong uh for instance the extraterrestrials that do abduct women or steal their fetuses for uh-huh. organization programs i believe that this is a direct uh assault on the fundamental human rights right and this shouldn't be allowed and the only way it is allowed is because they were tricking us And they are tricking us into compliance. They trick us into going along with them. With some people, they tell them, oh, they're so special. You're just the most special thing ever. And so we need your uh, DNA for this hybridization program. And others end up very fear-based and angry. And there are a number of women out there. And this is their question. Is my baby yearning for me? Does it sense its human mother? Does it need its mother? Does it, does it miss me?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And it creates emotional pain uh, for them. Uh, but uh, there is an opportunity to see that as we begin to evolve, uh, everything has a reason, it's a cause and effect. And the effect, who knows, of a hybrid hybrid child who holds the genetics of a human may be able to begin to prevent or create change
4: mm-hmm. in
3: the mentality, the hide minded mentality of the greys, and open to being more respectful to the humans. And they couldn't do that. Is it,
2: is it only the greys who do the missing
3: pregnancies, or is there... I believe it's also a reptilian, possibly mm-hmm. mantis. All of these people um, have been uh, identified as being involved in the hybridization program. And some oh, some of the ETs are uh, that were involved, in, well, not in the hybridization program so much, but seen on the craft uh, during these experiences were a type of a square blue dwarf-like shaped um, and the, blue, the blue skinned? Not the ones that you might have heard of, not like the blue avion, because uh, I, I don't believe they exist uh, um, so that's <laughs> just nonsense uh, there is no blue avion and that that uh, is an entire fabrication hmm. and a mislead that was done on purpose by and I can say that because I know <laughs> it to be true; otherwise, I wouldn't.
1: Lori, where are these high, hybrid uh, children? Are they off on another planet? Are they some of them among us? Uh, and how and they would we
3: died? Uh, most of them died. Um, most a lot of them, of them of, died. Yeah, they had trouble developing the lungs, you know. and there were respiratory issues. And uh, so the ones that that why they're they're still abducting, sorry, is that why they're still abducting? That is why they're still abducting, Uh because they're still experimenting. And also you have to remember this, the the tall greys, they live to be between 900 and 1100 years, our years. Okay. And so in order for them to really deeply understand a a specific genetic bloodline, they're going to do generations of abductions. Uh Uh-huh maybe me, my children, my mother, my grandchildren, maybe her mother, who knows, but they're interested in in our uh, genetics. So, for their hybridization program, now, although many have died, many have been placed here on the planet, uh, some looking extremely human and working in kind of low-level positions. Other hybrids look like Gray aliens. Um, There's a softer aspect about that gray face, but they have sort of that Cleopatra haircut, um, Uh, black bangs, and sort of a you know that long shoulder bob. Right, and uh, that would be like a hybrid female. And these are seen uh, in lab coats, uh, Mm -hmm. working in with humans, and definitely uh, checking out people, even abductees, uh, women who have had eggs um, taken or a fetus taken, they uh, will continue uh, to be looked at right up until death. Mm. I mean, it's not like, oh, you're past your reproduction years or whatever. So yeah. interested. No, it's a little deeper than that. Uh, They're interested in a lot more. And they really could go about it a, a different way.
2: Um, now, this, just based on what I've read and have researched, that they seem to stick to particular families. They choose, like what you were talking about, your mother, you, you know. I mean, is, mm-hmm. is that what you found?
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely, it's generational. Uh-huh. And it would have started... Um, with Eisenhower, um, apparently uh, the former president, Dwight Eisenhower, had created an agreement with an extraterrestrial race in trading of technology. And I think fiber optics at that time was part of the technology that was going to later be implemented on the planet. And the timing was sort of right for it because we're 30 to 50 years behind what they've right. us and uh, they allowed them to abduct 250 GIs right Mm. but they didn't comply uh, with just the 250. Um, They abducted many more than that and then their family members and so on and so forth so that it ended and there's really nothing um, that we can do at this point um, from a a political government position uh, to stop them on a personal level you do have an opportunity uh, to stop and prevent further interaction or abduction uh, with them but on a government level no and which is one of the reasons we don't have disclosure that so many people are looking for is because of our own personal power struggle on the planet between mm-hmm. say Korea Russia China and the United States of America all vying for what what we have referred to for generations in America as a superpower. Um, And so right now, it's a fight between those countries and until there's some resolution, and basically until we lay our arms down, or another way of looking at it is when the humans become more empowered, that they can allow somebody else to believe something different and that doesn't take anything away from them so they don't have to protect, defend it, or push it down somebody else's throat. Until then, we're still going to be imbalanced, disempowered, and that, therefore manipulated by other races. We really okay. need to get it together.
2: What, what do you think about, for instance, the um, what happened in Zimbabwe? that John Mack investigated, you know, with the the sauce planning in a schoolyard and all these kids basically seeing and reporting the same thing. Is that just to announce, hey, we're here?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, and they do do that. They announce, hey, we're here, and we see how far it goes. But, um, you know, this is the problem. They show up. What do we do? We fire at them. yeah. Just mm-hmm. like, oh, they're in our ER space, fire upon the enemy. And, you know, <laughs> there we go. Right. So, and maybe, listen, I'm not a politician and I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there is a threat and maybe that's why they fire upon them. <laughs> and mm. So, but as far as an actual battle, I think that we would be woefully underarmed. And that's <laughs> really not the direction we want to go anyway, right? That's the whole point. The whole point is is to not battle, is to move beyond the paradigm, or conceptualized thoughts of what we think are good and bad or good and evil, because here's the truth. The real highest vibrational energy, there's no fight there. There's never a battle because bad just simply doesn't exist. And And we all all of us humans have an opportunity to, to take a path of higher understanding and begin to incorporate those higher vibrational frequencies like forgiveness. Acceptance. Right. But we have to change, but you cannot change what you cannot accept. So we have mm-hmm. to
4: begin
3: with some form of self-acceptance and self-awareness and just begin at that level and move forward into a, a new understanding of where we are historically. We are on the edge, <laughs> edge, really the edge of the universe, about to explode into a higher understanding. And I believe that my grandchildren are, are gonna be living a, a completely different life when they're my age.
4: Huh. Uh,
1: Lurie, supposedly they're, Several different races here, and they're here for different uh, reasons, aren't they? Are There's some that are here for to to benefit uh, humanity, others uh, neutral, and then still others that are want to just uh, take they're advantage
3: nasty. of this. <laughs> well, we don't want them to benefit us. We don't want them to save us because mm-hmm. nobody can save us but ourselves mm-hmm. the moment we give our power away and allow somebody else to bring change to benefit humanity we have to see where the uh, opposing end is you know is that what cost and and what is their uh, intentions what are is their agenda now if an extraterrestrial comes and they are respectful we can learn from each other, but if they come and they say it is only this way, their way, then we know right then and there that that would be the wrong way.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there yeah, a race. cosmic battle? Is uh, uh, it, Is there a cosmic battle going on among these races that's taking place at a higher yes, level?
3: Yes, all of those races have one thing in common: they all want us. They're all very interested. <laughs> Us. You know, that's what they share. That they battle over us. And the reason is, is because once the human understands what they are and understand the power that we hold in manifestation and creation, uh, we become uh, quite the asset. And look around. Look in your house. Look outside. Every single thing that you see, a man, a human thought. So it became man-made, man or man-infested, man is very important. We have this ability to create. We think about it, we'll take granite from the earth, turn it into steel, make a sword, make a car, make a rocket ship. So from a rock, we flew into space. Mm-hmm. And so we have uh, an enormous ability and on top of that, the human is a wonderful at adaptation within environment. And we can really adapt to whatever what it, it we need to. We're highly resilient, kind of cockroach in a way. <laughs> <Right>. God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't keep a <laughs> <the> man down. <laughs> right. So, you know, so they're interested. This in that way. And I do remember one thing that I found very interesting, the extraterrestrials uh, saying they had no idea how fast we would uh, procreate. They they likened us to rabbits.
2: (laughs) 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 So they can't procreate at all?
3: Um, Not – well, actually, they say the the very tall whites um, do have children. And like Charles Hall – Talks about uh, them actually even having a home right here uh, on uh, some uh, military uh, ah. bases, uh, mm. Indian Springs, I believe it is. It eludes me at the moment, but they say uh, the tall whites live there with their mates and with their children, and uh, they kind of can look like us. They can blend in. They say that they leave the uh, military base and uh, have blended into ah. – Audiences in the Las Vegas area. Mm. People see weird things in Vegas. They're like, whatever.
1: <laughs> is there, is the reason in
3: Vegas stays in Vegas? <laughs> is,
1: is the reason that they live so long because they're partially uh, artificial intelligence?
3: No, uh, no, that would be the small greys. Right, Those okay. ones are, are more, yeah, artificial intelligent, yeah. but they're programmed. Uh, to carry out very specific tasks. Most of those tasks are in bringing people to and from the ship.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah,
3: they do They're not really, uh, you know, high up there on the food chain.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> boy. You live in a weird world, <laughs> Lori. <laughs> um.
1: Wow. So what what do they want? What are they? Why yeah. are they so interested in us? I'll tell you so. why.
3: Um, because, as I explained earlier, the definition of human—we're a light right. and body being—that mm-hmm. <clears throat> implies an internal life. That that light changes from one form to another. Can past life regression work? In between life work and so forth. And uh, all with a soul consciousness. Now, as I had also said, uh, they die Mm -hmm. unless they're artificially um, changed. So their organic sentient being lives between 900 and 1100 years and then they die. However, if they create a hybrid of the human, I think what they're trying to do is hijack our soul ascension to create a gray that has that human light inside oh. that continues. I believe that that's the battle is uh. for eternal life, which is what we already have because we are light. <clears throat> that is an energy, and energy never dies. And everything in the universe is energy.
2: Do they reincarnate
3: the greys? Yep. Uh huh. I don't believe they do because they don't have a soul. Okay. Um, hmm. And so we're born um, without awareness, uh, almost sometimes like a gift, and, and, and sometimes it's not so much of a gift, but uh, we get an opportunity, each life that we live, to reach, on this level, human attainment, mm-hmm. uh, being the best human that we can be, and then at that point, not to get confused with the white light you see after death, because that right. will back into the third dimension the goal here is ascension so be careful at the finish line people uh, <laughs> he was just saying it's a trick and we realize that is so we have to be unless you're interested in coming back so anytime you have any interaction with an extraterrestrial interdimensional, you know, dimensional or non-human entity you want to make sure you can level that playing field in doing so can only engage if they respond and, and by following a very specific protocol. They should address you by your name. They need to ask your permission. Do you want to come? Do you want to see? Huh. You know, if they don't do this, then they are assuming a superior place. Just like how we don't ask the cows, "Hey, yeah, if we turn you into a burger."
1: Do you believe they can move in and out of the afterlife?
3: As a ghost? Uh,
2: just as beings,
3: I just guess. As,
1: I mean, as beings, because some people report, uh, you know, afterlife experiences uh, that they they see uh, alien beings. Well,
3: yeah. I mean, I
1: mean, it's an interdimensional experience, right?
3: It is. It is an interdimensional experience. And and we are programmed right now, like on the hard drive of the Mm. mind to only process certain information. So it's like, imagine a a, a very secure, high-tech government uh, computer, and Mm. you're only allowed certain access, right? Right now our access uh, is limited on our hard drive, but as yeah. we know, we're like adding apps to our own mind and <laughs> ability. We can begin to explore other dimensions. Well, hey, look at the quantum computer, the D-Wave computer. Mm-hmm. They literally say they pull resources from other dimension. That is how mm-hmm. the D-Wave quantum computer works. And we're already looking at quantum computers, which hence the Mandela effect, this would be mm-hmm. one of the Ways of a bleed through, but if a quantum computer can create its own language, which it did, and it can pull information from another dimension, do you think that there's a possibility that a quantum computer in a parallel dimension might already be communicating with our quantum computers and Hmm. therefore create a bleed through? It is a very, it's highly probable, it's highly Hmm. probable because of the way the quantum computers work at quantum mechanics all of these things imply multiple dimensions multiple Mm -hmm. universes Uh, and so even in the afterlife if you die there is that in-between state depending on your see here we go it depends on your belief system
1: right so Mm -hmm. you use the term mega normal experience Uh, could you explain that
3: higher than your regular existence. Anything that happens in a higher frequency above mm. the psychic realm in the etheric, yeah. mega normal, angelic. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Would be considered uh, mega normal. Uh, the, uh, violet sort of entities that have actually empowered me during a gray attempted abduction. Mm. They are a mega normal uh, where the – so I had a joint experience where the greys were trying to do one thing and the more loving, really unconditional, loving, beautiful ones were awakening me to what was happening. Because a lot of times people go through these abductions and, like we know, there's no awareness. Right. You know, until you wake up and you're no longer pregnant – Or you wake up, your nose is bleeding, and you have fragmented memories of something that happened in the night.
1: Sexual activity between humans and aliens, that's part of what you've seen as well?
3: Yeah, and and I'm going to just say it again. Do not have sex with an extraterrestrial. I don't (laughs) care how good it is, and that's all we hear. It's just like, sex. And I'm like, well, then it can't be real. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I have regressed multiple people uh, who, during that, they say that there is some form of uh, sexual relations. And sometimes the being is like the most beautiful woman and you can't help Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, another woman expressed to me that she knows it's reptilian yeah. and she just can't stop to give a crap because it's, uh, it's just loud. And I said, well, there you go. You're having <laughs> it. So you actually can't help it and, and you can reject it and you can change your vibrational energy but uh so the reptilians just for the on the record here for a very long time have been interested in the sexual energy of the human mm. and yeah. you might wouldn't be surprising to find yourself in the throes of love making with your partner and to glimpse a reptilian observing in the room mm. a, a psychic people pick that up all the time. Huh. Mm. Also, they will manipulate uh, your energy, even create jealousy, uh, fighting, all sorts of things to test now this relationship. Um, Eve Lagorin, I believe her name is, wrote a book called Love Bite or The Love Bite, not sure, it was really a long time ago, and she talked about a lot of these Reptilian experiences, and and so from what I understand, um, there's multiple reptilian races. So you look at mm-hmm. the human, race and we have say seven different. I don't really know how mm-hmm. many, how many uh, flavors we have here. Mm-hmm. But within the reptilian uh, race, uh, first off, the women are the people in power. The women mm-hmm. are the rulers of the reptilian race, and actually. Mm-hmm um yeah a lot of people don't know that but there it is not a patriarchal society uh the women who run and they're highly regimented and they they follow orders like you wouldn't believe but they are interested in in our sex lives, and you have to absolutely say no i mean Mm. because it's not right just even in the beginning even in the Biblical times, um, I believe it said the sons of the gods found the daughters of man fair, and so they made it, hence creating the uh-huh. Nephilim, which was the giant race, the 11 digited giant race, the one David and Goliath, all that. Those were the Nephilim, and those hmm. were created by the sons of the gods. Uh, mm-hmm. which, um, so they created this other race of beings, which wreaked havoc on our planet. So where a village might eat for days from two apple trees, <coughs> and come in and devour the resources, so, so they were a burden to the natural resources. And apparently, they did not smell that good, but <laughs> which is like <laughs> side note. Uh, actually, many of the extraterrestrials, by the way, smell horribly. Um, that uh, I've heard that too. Yeah, Sorry. Laurie, I have one more
1: question. We're coming to the end of our time here. Uh, when you go to these uh, UFO uh, conventions, do you ever encounter people going there that would like to be
3: abducted? <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. What all is it? And they're like, I, and I tell them, you know what? Really fine, but be very clear and specific with whom you would like to abduct you, because you know what. <laughs> You're going to put it out there and you're going to just get any lower astral entity
1: Uh
3: moving and you've just invited the whole bad end of it. Okay, so you want interaction, you meditate, you clear your mind, you clear your body, you adjust your energy to be open from a non-fearful position with respect, with curiosity and with love. It will be the energy that you attract.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Laura, you got to write a memoir. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I, you know, I'm writing a few different things right now. Um, This story about your mother, I mean that
2: that to me is fascinating. I mean, as as sad as it is, it's it's fascinating.
3: You know, but then again, now. If I had an opportunity, if somebody would have said, so, hey, you get taken away, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You don't get to be raised with a mom or a dad. Uh, um, But then you get to learn who you really are independently Uh and without limitations. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And so the truth is, I was never negatively affected by it. I was born with a sense of myself, uh, with a very strong moral compass I intuitively understood, and um, I never felt uh, less than or um, unloved. I have always felt uh, highly connected, really, to all that is. Uh And if you were to ask me, who is your mother when I was a little kid, I would have said, my mother's mother nature. Hmm. And I would have, I really believed it when I was a kid. Now I know better. I actually thought that I was just like maybe anything else that grew on the planet. <laughs> mm. yeah. That's
2: that. Well, Lori, tell people how they could find you and your website and all the information
3: that people are always looking for. Okay. Um, you can find me at uh, true you hypnotherapy.com. That's my website. Okay. True
1: you okay, hypnotherapy.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, Email me there at info at trueyouhypnotherapy or at workshops. I do a lot of workshops on personal empowerment and understanding the universe in which we live. Uh, so if you're interested in workshops, it's workshops at info or it, workshops at true dot com. And I'm on Facebook and all those other okay. great. Like. great. Thank wow, you. this has been so interesting. Thanks so much for coming
2: on. And when your book comes out, please let us know. We'd love to have you on again. That would be great. So I sure okay. will. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Thank you. And we'll you. send you the link when it goes up.
3: Thank you. Okay. Take you care. care. Right. Bye now.
0: Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor follow us on twitter at the mystic cast send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com and until next week thank you for listening and stay mystical